Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In episode 24 of the NFL Vend Zone, we discuss 49ers QBs, Commander's Crisis, our Vent Zone season awards, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Vent Zone, Oli Young, Dan Yates, Chris Tebbett here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Football seems a long time ago. How are we doing, boys? Are you okay? I'm surviving, but only because Britball season's up. So it's good to be back with the boys and getting ready for another year. And is it going to be a good year? It's going to be a great year. What are your ambitions, Dan? Let's interview Dan now. That's what we're going to do for this half hour. Dan, talk us through the ambitions for London Blitz B team, please. Uh, get the playoffs and win a ring and shove it up after the arse that we can't get promoted. All right. All right. <laughs> and how did you do last year? How, how close did you come to? Uh, it was our first year in Div 1 and we went uh, 4 and 5, I think. Which okay. we had one game cancelled. So? Uh, when we were supposed to win, nothing, which was great. All right. Tips. How is you? How are you doing without football, without your lovely dolphins, and how's your season going as well? Shit, it's all gone to shit. All of it's shit. I'm no longer my football's my my personal football um, season is over. It's it's gone now. It's in the bin. Fucking twats, red and knights beat my fucking squad, um, twelve nil. But that that's a different show. Uh, yeah. So how am I doing? Ah. How am I doing? Genuinely awful. Genuinely right. awful. All right. Okay. Well, I think it's good that you've come to the vent zone today. This isn't the fucking Uniball vent zone. <laughs> That's my own show. This is not a spoiler, but I, I think that, that this is kind of the vibe that Tebs is going to emit for the whole show. I think that was a bit of a, a taste of what is to come. Uh, but you. You are listening to the NFL Red Zone, and you are in the right place if, like Ted's, you have something to get off your chest, like we are going to throughout the next half hour or so. But yeah, if you want to get your events on the show, send them to us, NFLBentZone at gmail.com. Right, the Commanders. Now, we were just discussing before coming on coming on and recording that uh, it's actually amazing that they haven't spent more time uh, on, our, uh, on our conversational palette. So, uh... Dan, take it away, mate. Yeah, I mean, on behalf of all Commanders fans out there, can Daniel Schneider just fuck off? <laughs> just sell the team and go away and go to prison. Because he is a disaster. And there's been a couple of things in the last week that have really jumped out. And I I apologise to all Commanders fans for us not bringing this up earlier in the season about what a shit owner he is and how he just needs to go away. But, 
in the in the last week, a the NFLPA did a report. I don't know if you boys have seen this about like the ranking each team for for free agents and for how they treat their players. And Washington were below twenty fifth in pretty much every category. I.e., they're just a terrible team to play for. They don't look after their players well. They don't treat their injuries well. Uh, their facilities suck, and their stadium is officially the worst. And they don't play good football either. And that's that's uh, uh, they suck with football. So we don't even play. They don't play consistent football, and that's a problem. No, no. Um, but when your facilities are crap, it's not it's not going to help you. And then, so other than that, and which we all knew. Secondly, um, Daniel Schneider is now under federal investigation for taking out a fifty-five million dollar loan without getting the consent of the minority shareholders of the team, who own 40% of the team, and who by federal, state, and NFL rules, for whatever that counts, but federal and state law, he had to get their permission, and he didn't. And then, allegedly, he used that money for his own stuff, and didn't spend it on the team. So he took out a loan against the team, took the money out of the team's accounts, and then spent it. You would have and so he is under... A federal investigation for this, and unless by some miracle he managed to get away with it, he's looking at a very long jail time. Yeah, I mean, how often do we see this though, where major, very wealthy public figure does something that's going to put them in jail, and they just end up getting off scot free? Now I know this. Well, there's there's some allegations flying around that he is saying, "I will sell the team." if I get legal immunity for anything I did as team owner. Yeah, but wait. Now, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this human being, I don't know what does. I mean, he had already racked up a long list of not just questionable, but vile behaviours that had put him at the forefront of uh, scrutiny and uh, very much in the public eye. You would have thought that he might have been like, I should maybe chill it on the questionable decisions that I make and actually just, you know, act as an honourable and good human being. Uh, now, Tibbs, I know you have a... Weirdly? Maybe? Not weirdly. No, you've got a soft spot for the uh, for the commanders due to, well, a player that is no longer there. Um, talk us through your soft spot and how this is making you feel. Well, you, st- you say soft spot. I've got a soft spot for the players, but you can't say any- that anything that the upper management of that particular squad has been horrific for a long time now. You know, where you've got the stadium that is falling apart and not in the sort of sense in which, you know, falling apart, oh, it's just old. No, it's falling apart. It's multiple, multiple issues where play, like where fans have fallen almost onto players or sewage leaking onto um, other fans. Like, there's so much wrong with the upper management of the commanders that, you know, like, this all should have been done a while ago, but it just seems to me, along with the name, the, the name change from the Redskins, it's just another thing in the NFL where it's just taken too long for any sanctions to be put in place in regards to the commanders and the commander's um, head office. You know, he, he he has to go and he needs to sell the team. Like, And it's going to get to a point where I think that if something isn't done, then there could be very much mass mutiny of... Um, you know, potential players that don't want to come and play for a squad that has an upper management um, system that is so poor in terms of both, you know, 
human rights and um you know legal activity it's it's complete nonsense that he's still there and it's a shame that you know he that the nfl hasn't taken action to just go just fuck off just fuck off they've got the power to tell him to fuck off and they've not yet done it so it seems that there is some weird power that owners hold or some weird kind of immunity ring around them because it feels like schneider has been facing really serious stuff for just ages but nothing seems to come of it well, well you know that john rudin had to rely because he said some bad stuff yeah in some emails that the strong indication is that dan schneider leaked those emails despite the fact that he was on the receiving end of them and participated because he wanted to make a point to the league it, well, if, if i take me down i have something on every <clears throat> single one of you if I recall correctly, I believe he thre even threatened um, good old Jerry Jones with something similar. That yes. when um, Dan, when um, Schneider was on the out, he was like, "Well, I've, I'll just rat on everyone." And he he's made it very clear that he has um, investigators following every single owner in the league, and if they try and kick him out, he will bring them all down. What world? What is good? So that's why they are sat there going, Jeff Bezos, can you just give the man $7 billion and he can go away and live on his two yacht so that he can escape Congress and escape the court? Like, just, it's a good, it's a just good, good plot. Outfit. Good plot for a film, though. A ridiculous <laughs> plot for a film. It does sound, it does sound like that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. He, he was on his super yacht to avoid Congress earlier this year, earlier last year, sorry. He was supposedly at a business meeting in Europe, mooring in international waters so that he could avoid having to go to Congress and testify until he negotiated how he was going to do that and what questions they would ask. Well, sounds like a stand-up guy. I wish only the worst for him. But on the topic of good movie plots, let's move on to the 49er quarterback position. <laughs> like that? <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> it's crazy to me to think that the um, at least the last time I checked, the the second favorite for the Super Bowl next year is the San Francisco 49ers. And how rare is it to have them as the second favorites, and they don't even have a solid answer at quarterback yet? Or at least I say, I say they don't have a solid answer. There's question marks. First of all, uh, Brock Purdy wasn't able to get surgery at the time that he was meant to because his his arm is. Uh, his uh, his elbow was still swollen from um, obviously the injury that he sustained against the Eagles. So that's now putting the time frame very very tight for him. Uh, Trey Lance is obviously he is going to be healthy, but it seems that the team are not they're just not getting behind him with the, the like the full confidence um, that you that you would expect for a third overall pick. So I want to have a chat about Trey Lance because. Uh, he is an interesting character. I think that if Brock Purdy's healthy, I think that inevitably it will be him who starts. Um, but for me, I don't understand why people are so negative about Trey Lance. In fact, well, I understand why people have reservations about him. But I am firmly on the opinion that we have not seen enough to make a decision. We have seen him start four games. Now, what we can say is he's injury prone and that is a massive issue. But what we can't say is, can he be a, an official? Can he be a superstar NFL quarterback? 
because I think back to how Justin Fields was perceived at the beginning of this year. I think back to how J Josh Allen was perceived in his first season. And I think, is it not worth the shot? Is it not worth giving him the chance in case he is special? Tebs, what do you think? Well, obviously, you've, you've mentioned the sort of betting odds for San Francisco 49ers. You know, they were very, very solid this year. Defense was good. You know, it seemed to be that they've got a very much plug-and-play system in terms of the um, quarterback position. Um, the issue with that is, then, do you want to take a chance when your team is favoured that highly? Um, you know, Brock Purdy did a good job, again, but it all depends on what they want. They can take the safe option, or they could very well, you know, choose to develop Lance for the future. But you're going to have the San Francisco 49ers fans who are going to look at Brock Purdy as the answer, despite obviously being Mr. Irrelevant and not paying the same price for him. Like, realistically, I think that what this is going to come out of is that at some point um, within the next season, the 49ers are going to um, come away with a very tasty draft pick for either one that they don't they don't choose um, to go under sender for the start of the season. Um, yeah. That's basically it. It's, it's what do the 49ers want? Can they justify putting in someone who is proved more proven in Brock Purdy despite being, despite not paying as high a price? Um, but yeah, I think Trey Lance will land on his feet wherever he ends up, if I'm completely honest. Brand, is it worth giving him a shot? A hundred percent. The kid has some talent that you just don't see on a football field. Um, I broke it down actually for Tebs the last year on his preseason and what I saw out of him. And yeah, he looks really raw. And he looks raw because in his entire college and pro career, he's thrown 420 passes. Put that into context, Tom Brady last year, last season alone, threw 490 in the regular season. So in his entire college and pro career, he's thrown less passes or fewer passes than Tom Brady did last year. So he is raw. And the last time he started more than two games was 2019. So you've got two problems. He hasn't played that much football overall. And he hasn't played that much football in the last four years. That is a problem. Um, but the talent is off the charts with it. He's six foot four. He's as fast as Lamar Jackson, and he has one of the strongest arms in the league. Now, hopefully, they've used this long injury period to teach him football, because that's the thing he doesn't really understand, is how to play quarterback. He doesn't know how to play quarterback in the NFL. He like, accidentally completes a, an amazing pass, and it's like half fluke, half like natural ability, but... He doesn't fully understand why he's throwing it there. It's just like, oh, there's a person open. I shall throw it. And he has the natural... Right. He has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think back to... I met Dan. I'm I'm very excited to hear that. I, I just thought that... I guess it's because I'm tuned into 49 Twitter. And like, there's no worse place than Twitter. And everyone's so negative about him. Um, but the reality is, he does have this freakish talent. And uh, my argument has always been you're constantly searching for that player. You're constantly searching for the quarterback. So you just got to give it a chance just in case. Even if it's 20% chances, like you just give it, 
you give yourself a chance. You look at the Super Bowl this year, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, two absolutely freakish in, in terms of ability players. Jalen Hurts having one of the best Super Bowls ever, only to be on the losing side. So yeah, very, very excited to hear that. I'm glad that you However, just... <laughs> okay, Trey Lance is way more talented than Jalen Hurts. But talent, talent-wise, just raw talent, he has way more of it. And what he has even less of, though, is a know-how of how to play football. Yeah. And one of the things that came back to bite the Eagles in the Super Bowl was that Jalen Hurts didn't know how to read a defense and didn't have the ability to audible up the line of scrimmage because there were plays where, like, they just didn't cover receivers, and he didn't see it, and he couldn't he couldn't audible to play to make the most of it, and so that's where you see the limitation of having a guy that's uber talented but doesn't know the position. Yeah, and that's really what you've got in trade arts. I think it's if he's healthy, it'll be Brock Purdy to start the year. It wouldn't surprise me if trade arts takes over. Well, it'll be interesting to follow, and um, maybe it'll maybe it will be a good movie script, guys. The trade. First of all, you got the Brock Purdy movie. That's a good movie. Trey Lance the movie. Maybe that one's not finished yet. And uh, what a story that could be. Now yeah. going back to uh, going back to Tebs and his just general shit vibe at the moment. This is your platform to vent. Please do take it away. Well, as we sort of discussed the last week in the closing of the show, where Ollie very much said that oh, it's been a great NFL season. Um, I don't agree with that. This season's been shit. And I'm not saying, like, in terms of, like, um, you know, Dan said, oh, it's because he's a Dolphins fan. Comparatively to other seasons, this season's gone well. We know we made the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long, 2016. So it's been one of the better seasons for the squad that I support. But just in terms of the games and sort of, you know, enjoyment of watching the sport and, like, these high-flying games that we want to see, it's been shit. It's been really, really shit. It's been really boring. There are a lot of games that just finished, you know, if you were someone who bet the under, um, you would you would be a happy man at the end of this season. There's some absolutely awful, awful games. Like you had the Patriots and the Jets finishing on a absolute waft of a play. You've got the Broncos and the Colts going horrifically neither Matt Ryan nor Russell Wilson being able to complete a touchdown you've got the bet you've got you've got what I can only assume should be the end of Thursday night football as a whole with the amount of absolute dog shit that went on on that particular day in a prime time slot having to sort Jeff Bezos out a couple of quid to be able to watch them and it's just awful it's just awful like like, it doesn't have to be the season be, being shit, but just the concept of Monday night and Thursday night football, the amount of games on there that were just absolutely dire, is, it was, like, it was terrible. It was terrible. Like, if, normally I will watch a Dolphins game and then I'll go on to watch another game because it's hot. I didn't do that this year because it, it was just unbearable. It was unbearably bad football. This is what you want to hear from your co-pod co-host on a podcast where you talk about games. <laughs> Although I suppose no, fuck them, fuck it. No, the, the season should be more interesting then. Yeah. If you can't hold my, if I like watching football and you can't hold my attention, then okay. What do you want? I, I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you here. That's because you're. A, I know what you're going to say, and you're because you're a fucking coach and you're into all that. 
fucking... No, no. You know your well, dick you know bell So shut up and let me talk. Okay. That was a huge amount of really shit football. That yes. was a huge, a huge amount of really shit football. And unfortunately, it happened a lot in prime time. Which means that in this country, they're the games we get to see. Because we only get one game from the early window, one game from the late window, and we get all the prime time games. There were a huge amount of good games. We just didn't see any of them on our TV screens. I went back and watched a lot of them, and there were some really good games. But prime time was fucking terrible. Like, Al Michael with a Thursday night football would be sitting there in a third quarter being like, do I really have to take the whole game? Do I really have to watch this? Can we get a good game next week? Like, he would make jokes on the fucking stream going, sorry guys, this is a shit game. Hopefully we'll do better next week. Next week. Oh no, this is still a shit game. Maybe we need to get a touchdown next week. There was, um, oh, who, who was the... Not um, the Cowboys uh, XQB, uh, oh, but not Romo. Not Romo. Not Romo. The one with Aikman. 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 Now he he also were, like was visibly and audibly getting fed up of the games that he was having to watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, look, you know what I do? I always try and uh, I always try and look at the positive. So I'm going to take you on a full journey here because it starts positive, but then I just can't. I realise I can't do it. So. Tebs, to your theory that this was a shit season, I'm going to offer some quick-fire rebuttals. Miami, finally being explosive. Come on, you got something. I know, don't, I know. And Saquon Barkley, he's getting So Yes, that was, that was shit. Saquon Barkley returning as a class running back and partnering with Brian Dable as a coach of the year to take them to the playoffs, despite being billed as the worst team in the league before it started. Brock Purdy, awesome, uh, insane story. The Lions going on a quality run after a 1-5 start and becoming one of their most loved teams. That was a good Super Bowl as well. However, however, and this is where I do maybe agree with you, if you actually think back to all of the teams every Sunday that you were genuinely not excited to watch, I'm going to read them out, alright? Buccaneers, boring. Browns, Falcons, Cardinals, Rams, Broncos, Raiders, Panthers, Saints, Commanders, Steelers, Colts, and I even put in Ravens, <clears throat> Titans, and Packers. All of them genuinely did not fill me with excitement to watch, and that feels like that's half the league. What's that? Forty? Say Patriots? I didn't say. I didn't even say Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd add them one as well. Do you want know I me? Mean? Yeah, that's really So that means on a, literally half of the teams in the league were honestly dull teams to watch. So, to wrap it up in a nice, concise conclusion, Tebs, I agree. <laughs> and I do think part of it is there were no QBs last year. Yeah, like, that was an issue. A bunch of old QBs that were starters that were terrible and no rookies were good. Yeah, and you like, did... Ken and got two concussions and he was in a team that was really tough to watch. And you pointed out that Earlier in the season, you pointed out that there were less points of being scored on average. I think it was like seven points less. Teams, were, The good teams were averaging seven points less a game. So yeah, shit season. Terms, we'll just cross our fingers that next season is better. Um, although, at least when it is shit, we have lots to talk about on a podcast like this. Right. On to some of our awards. So what we've decided is, obviously the NFL has picked their own awards, but 
for us, that's not good enough. We're gonna we're gonna run through some of our own awards that we've picked out, and I think you're about to hear a very wide variety of serious awards, jokey awards, and uh, Tebs just being fed up. So, Tebs, uh, uh, maybe we'll stick with you, given that you're uh, you. We already know what your opinion is. Uh, did you have any shit focused awards? Uh, I do. <laughs> I do have shit focused awards. You're right. I do. I I do have shit focused awards. Um, you know, to sort of you know loop back to my point. You know, if I had to pick, you know, the what the obviously the worst game of the year, it's Colts versus Broncos. Uh, uh, normally, you know, you see that basically the 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 Peyton Manning bowl uh, that comes and goes, but neither Russell Wilson nor Matt Ryan could uh, could manage to score a touchdown. And it went to overtime. And who the who the just end it, just end oh. it now. No, just just end it now. You know, not 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 too much. Um, and then obviously we've got you know other ones. You know, like the cl- like basically close the franchise award for the for the most pitiful performance of um, of a generation. That has humiliated an entire um, city, an entire franchise, uh, and ruined the legacy of many players on the team. Obviously, has to go straight back to the Indianapolis Colts um, for their display, in which they managed to. Uh, when they were, uh, was it forty-four or thirty-four? I believe it was. Oh, it's someone. Thirty-four. They was thirty. They were thirty-four points up. And they came back, and they came back, and they managed to rally, and fucking lose. What do you want? What do you want? Like this? It's awful. It's been all awful. All right, let's Leonard. I will counter your Broncos, um, Colts worst game with Jets Patriots that was three all until the final play. That but it's that one. But it's that final play. It's that final play that sent that one. As, as, no, don't worry. It's it's second, but it's that. <laughs> I mean, it's that final it was, play. It was ten and three, mate. One play doesn't make it a good game, unfortunately. But was there a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it should have been a block in the back. But yeah, there was a touchdown. Right. Before you get one, you get one good highlight out of a game. That's all you need. Let's sometimes that's all you need. Let's not dwell on that. Too and much. it did save us overtime because we didn't want overtime at a three-three game. Oh, fucking hell! We do not want to spend too much time there. So before I go over to Dan, I do need to remind you that you are, of course, listening to the NFL Vent Zone, your place to vent, and uh, where you can come and get stuff off your chest about the NFL season or off-season in this case. Maybe you're fed up about an uh, an upcoming trade that's about to happen. Uh, involving draft picks. This is where you come to get it off your chest. Let us know. We'll get it on the podcast. Dan, before I run through my awards, do you want to talk me through what you have selected? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, so let me get started. Uh, the first easiest one of the year, uh, the worst trade of the year. Any guesses where I'm going with this? After I said I wouldn't talk about them again last week? I think yeah, he's right. I'm going to Broncos. Yeah, it's going to come up again as well. <laughs> oh, that's a shame, isn't it? And I do give a quick second place there to uh, the Titans letting AJ Brown go. That's a good yeah, one. 
and he got fired for it. So, you know, maybe when your head coach says something like, I'm never letting that guy walk away, and he's more popular than you in the building, listen to him. Anyway, um, next I'm going to fix some of the uh, NFL awards because they were bad. Offensive Rookie of the Year should have been Kenneth Walker. Let's be honest about that. It should have been. He got the most first place votes. They introduced a new system this year where you vote for your top three and he lost because he got fewer third place votes. That's bullshit. Under the old system, he was the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I'm not... I don't, I don't want to hear either of you on that one. But next, I'm going to fix Comeback Player of the Year because Comeback Player of the Year should have been able to go to a rookie and it should have been Brian Roberts Jr. The man got shot in his knee. Yeah, that is and true. Weeks later, he came back and he had, in 12 games, 797 rushing yards. If that's not coming back for something, I don't know what is. Now, that means that Gino still needs to win an award, so I would create a second award for comeback. Sorry, for most improved player. Because Gino didn't come back from anything other than being bad at football. <laughs> However, he was most improved because he went from being really bad at football and literally a junk at the start of the year to being a really good player. And I think he's number two in the top 101 free agents at NFL.com right now. So uh, I would give him most improved, create that award, and come back by the year. Can go to a rookie. The man got shot and he got 800 yards rushing. Can I end of this agreement there? No, you know, I wish I, could, I wish I could sit here and say no, but that's a very that's a very good point. The uh, Kenneth Walk one spoken like a true Seahawks fan. I will... No, I don't want to hear for you on that one. I told you this, and I have one more award to give out before I hand over to you for all of my friendly Bengals fans out there. This is the most overrated player of the year, and for all future years going forwards until he gets either properly rated or you know starts playing well. This is going to Joe Burrow. He's the most overrated player of the year. He had a good offensive line. He had the best receiving core in the league. He had a great running back. And he won nothing again. Right, great. There we go. There we have it. I like that, Dan. I like that. Um, I've gone a little bit more... Um, I don't want to say creative, because I don't want to diminish what you've done, but I've gone a little bit more off-piste with mine. Um, starting a bit more... Uh, obvious. Right, I've gone with the the LVP, so the least valuable player, or in my opinion, the true Mr. Irrelevant, Kenny Golladay. <laughs> no, the man scored a touchdown. I'm sorry, he, he was in a touchdown. 72 million, wait, how much? It was like 70 plus million dollars. I think he ended up getting paid like thirty-five million over two years for like thirty-two catches. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, but also like, aside from the fact that people kept like the only reason he remained relevant in any way was because, um, because of his contract. People would talk about how ridiculous it was. Um. So yeah, he he to me was the true material relevant. See, I have got, like, I understand that one, but I also want to factor in uh, Robbie Anderson in that yeah. particular conversation. Because yeah. I'd say that, like, he had the biggest mouth and had the absolute bare minimum production. You know, considering that he put out tweets earlier in the season basically saying that 
no, Baker Mayfield can't come to the Panthers. Then he has to play with Baker Mayfield, gets traded to Arizona, and does precisely fuck all. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's a fair point, and he'll, he's a close second, and he's also he's changed his name again. So, yeah, that's fun. Dan. Uh, oh, wait, no. No. Chosen. He's called himself Chosen. And like, so he's called Anderson. Yeah. He, he, I feel like you've got to be a slightly better player to have that name. Right, next award. Most unlikable player. I've gone with Patriots quarterback Mac Jones. Oh. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, come on. The dirty tendencies, you know, he is video evidence he is proven to be a player that deliberately tries to injure defensive players. And oh my god, is he whiny. There's so many videos of him like moaning on the sidelines, whining, and when he does when he gets injured. He's such a drama queen about it. He's my most unlikable player. I mean, there probably are more. Like, like if you think about uh, Frank Clark, I mean, you know, he's more of a dick. But I'm just thinking Mac Jones being like whiny and trying to injure players. But yeah, Mac Jones is my most unlikable player. The Fraud Award. I like that because it's got a good ring to it. The Fraud Award. The Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Uh... For those listening, I'm getting some nods. Tebs isn't too sure. Tebs, maybe think about someone you'd like. No, to... no, I just, I just dropped something on my foot. Oh, you're um, No, I sort of, yeah, I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> I sort of want to factor in the Titans to that one, just because, like, you know, they're just, like, the last few years, like, they were, you know, they were, they would do well. They, they managed to get the one seed, like, not too long ago. Then, obviously, AJ Brown leaves. And, you know, Derrick Henry's getting slightly older. And it's just proven that, you know, it's what Dolphins fans have known this whole time. Ryan Tannehill is not the one. He's not the one. Obviously, this year, I would favour more towards uh, the Vikings. Or, realistically, the Bills as a as a whole, just due to what they were supposed to do. Yeah, versus what they ended up. Yeah, speculation, isn't it? They get the bottle job. Yeah. The Bills that um, I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fraud award. I would also throw out the Bucks. They were a truly terrible team. And a truly yeah, but that is just the parade in a good team for a bit. The Vikings were twelve and one, guys. They, to me, there's, there's, they, they are the true fraudulent team, and I don't want to get bogged down in it too much. They are the true fraudulent team because at one point they were the number one seed, twelve and one, and they went the worst defense in the league. Yeah, they have a bottom ranked defense, and they were um, <coughs> right next up. Uh, most predictable, I've got Dallas Cowboys. I just feel like you know what's going to happen with them every year. Next up, the Wheelchair Award. This one might be a bit harder with the Chargers receivers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I swear neither of them were on the pitch at the same time. Um, worst contract, Dave? Probably. Just might want to describe what the Wheelchair Award is. There's a lot of directions that could go in and some of them are bad. Oh, true. I just meant injuries. <laughs> Play yeah. little dead in. See, I wrote these out and I did. I, I never asked anybody for it to vet them. So, uh, they, you know, it's only me that's looked at them. They could be a complete disaster. Can I throw out a separate wheelchair award? Yeah. That seems even more obvious. Trailer. 49ers quarterback room. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Sure. Well, yeah, you injured, yeah, I ended the season of four quarterbacks this year. That's pretty hard to do. Well, you know what, Holly? Holly, Holly. Yes. Ollie, I think that you're. I think that one has been usurped. I'm afraid. I don't think we can let you have that one. 
All right. for the Chargers wide receivers. You three QBs on your roster, and they all finished the season injured. All right, next up, the worst contract, which we've spoken about. However, I've renamed this the Toilet Award, and I give the Toilet Award to Russell Wilson to simultaneously commemorate what disappointment and also to celebrate him achieving what many thought he would not do by throwing more touchdowns than he had toilets in his house. Finally, um, right, Tev. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson does exist. Ah, uh, that's true. And he is getting forty-five million a year guaranteed. Right. That's the like the the, pro- the problem that I have is the like don't get me wrong, Russell Wilson was terrible, but like Deshaun Watson's is fully guaranteed. Which, as far as oh, I'm concerned, but, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to take some beating from uh, the other thirty-one teams in the league to devise a worse contract than that. He's also a suitable recipient of an award that is called the Toilet Award. Sorry, Dan. I do have one other contender for the bad contract, uh, and that is the Cardinals putting a homework clause in Kyler Murray's extension. That is funny, AF. Yeah. Bad for a different reason, just because it makes your franchise look fucking terrible. It's true. It's true. Uh, finally, the Weekly Disappointment Award. Any guesses? Any guesses? They play in white and black stripes. The refs. Hey. The weekly disappointment that we hope fix next year. I've gone for two positives as well. DraftKings Award, Jets for getting offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year. The rest of the yep. draft is good as well. And just for me, the most likable award, Dan Campbell. I love him. I think he uh, he had a great story all throughout the year. I don't know how you can't how somebody could not root for him. He's brilliant and we love the Lions. Um but don't say we. The Lions fucking suck. And fuck them. No, I'll fuck them. Fuck the Lions. Uh, I don't. Just just because they're just because they're funny and memeable doesn't mean they're a good squad. No, the, the Lions are perennially shit, and they'll be shit for the rest of time. I don't know. I just they've got some likable players. I like Jared Goff. I like Amon Ross St. Brown is an excellent player. There. Yeah, do, you know, do you know? I also like. I like my team winning. It's mad. That's one of the Dolphins. Yeah, but, right. but not enough. Not enough. Uh, one final thing before we... Uh, this is quite overdue, really, but before we wrap it up, we've got to talk about the locks. I thought Chris was going to be here this week, but he's not. But anyway, I'm the champion. I went with the Chiefs. I st- and Dan, what I like about this most is that you thought you were luring me in uh, to taking uh, the uh, to taking the Chiefs, but in reality, I just took them because I wanted to. And uh, yeah. I just trusted Mahomes, and uh, I know you don't think he was the MVP, whatever, but I'm the locks champion, so you can just suck on it. Terrific. I don't forward to taking it away from you next year. Bring it on, I love it. All right, that's it. Good little <laughs> for next year. Okay, boys, that'll probably do us, don't you think? Tebs, do you want to take us away? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> We're in there, but really. We're in our oh, but I have... I have... One very quick thing, question to ask you both. Are you watching the Underwear Olympics this week? Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm, I will probably watch the quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll watch the highlights when, like, a lineman runs a sub five, because they're always oh. funny. Did you see the D lineman that ran quicker than DeAndre Hopkins and, um, Stefan Diggs? He ran the yeah. in, like, 4.4, 4, and it's 297 pounds. Yeah, man. I watched. I, I watched. I watched those because it makes me feel bad. Because 
I'm not even willing to do a fucking 40 at this point, so... What do you think? Do you think you'd be in uh, single-digit seconds, Ted? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so, I don't know. That last. It's been a long. It's been a long time since I've ran a forty. I don't. I don't need to run a forty. I'm. No. I'm fucking. I'm well established. I don't need to do that shit. My. My. Your res. Your resume. Oh, yeah. You don't need to prove. Oh. It right. We might be able to catch the last ten minutes of uh, of uh, of F one, P two practice two. So uh, let's leave it there, boys. It's been a pleasure. We'll be here again next week. Not sure what we're going to talk about, but we'll come up with. Right, XFL. Have a good weekend, gang. No. Fine. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>